0: Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Leto. My good friend Kevin sent me a note to Steve, check out this case out of Mississippi. Mississippi courts won't say how they provide lawyers for poor clients. And you might say, Steve, that's kind of a strange thing to say that you know, the courts won't talk about. Is that a problem? Oh, yes. Yes, because six years ago, the Mississippi Supreme Court told judges around the state to file plans showing how they meet their obligations to poor defendants. This summer... Amid increased scrutiny of public defense in the state, one court has provided the information. Other courts have not. It's, you know, it's, it's been six years. Uh, these kinds of things take time. When asked, how do you do this, six years should actually be enough time. So Caleb Bedillion wrote this. ProPublica published it. Mississippi is among a handful of states that rely on local officials to fund and deliver almost all public defense for people facing trial, poor defendants can go months or even years without appointed counsel as they wait for their cases to move forward. So here's the deal you're entitled to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you. You've heard that before. Gideon versus Wainwright is a Supreme Court case that established that principle. Miranda versus Arizona, of course, is the case that established the principle. They have to tell you that at the side of the road or wherever they arrest you. However, the question is who pays for those attorneys and who arranges? the attorney for you. And so in some states, they've actually got a department at the state level that takes care of this and makes sure the courts do this. Some states, they know it's up to the court. The court can figure that out. And of course, if left to each court, you're gonna get different results depending on what court you're in. And so in Michigan, for instance, there are circuit courts where all the big cases are tried and district courts with small cases are tried, state courts, right? And so many of those courts in Michigan are tasked with doing this themselves. And I've never heard complaints about how it's done here, but then again, uh, I'm not familiar with how things are done, like, say, in the courts at the western end of the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Haven't been up there as much as i have been in the courts of southeastern Lower Michigan. In 2017, the Mississippi Supreme Court's then-Chief Justice, William Waller Jr., helped mandate that judges throughout the state explain in writing how they deliver on their duty to provide poor criminal defendants with a lawyer. He hoped the rule would spur improvements in the state's patched together public defense system, regarded by many legal experts as among the worst in the country. Now, 6 years after that rule went into effect, only one of the circuit courts in the state has responded, the district, the actual circuit, okay? How many other? 23. 23. So one responded and 22 have not, according to the Supreme Court's docket. The requirement was part of a push to move towards a statewide system, said the judge who retired a couple of years after it went into effect. He said he's partly responsible for not enforcing it. He said we should have started going court by court and asking them to show us their plans. Public defense systems across the country are overburdened and underfunded, but Mississippi stands out. Nationally, it ranks last. In how much money it spends per capita on public defense, according to the Sixth Amendment Center, a nonprofit that advocates for a robust defense for the indigent, and that is, of course, those who cannot afford their own lawyers. Mississippi is one of only eight states that rely on local officials to fund and deliver almost all public defense for people facing trial, according to the center. Mississippi has long failed to monitor or even evaluate local court cases to see whether they're delivering that defense, which is guaranteed, of course, by the Sixth Amendment. Without such oversight, no one knows whether all the state's courts, especially smaller ones in the vast rural stretches of the state, are doing the job that's required of them. Such problems show why it's important for courts to explain how they provide public defense, says the man who runs Mississippi's Office of State Public Defender, and has written a model plan for local courts that they could adapt to meet their needs. Without these plans, he said, we can't say whether we're in compliance with the Constitution. So it's one thing when they ask to be in compliance with some weird set of rules they just came up with. But the Constitution has been around for a couple years. Just, just, Just a couple. A few more than a couple. In the last three decades, there have been repeated efforts to overhaul Mississippi's public defense system, including four state committees or commissions, two major reports by outside legal experts, and numerous pieces of legislation that have all been largely unsuccessful. And There's widespread agreement about the systemic problems. Defendants can sit in jail for months at a time without a lawyer. The way that many lawyers are paid gives them an incentive to cut corners, and there are a few full-time public defenders in the state. The article goes on for several pages, but that's all you need to know right there. And I did a video not so long ago, somebody asked me a question about public defenders and how they're paid and said that where they were, the public defenders were paid in such a way that it encouraged them to cut deals. But interestingly, the way the question had been worded to me, it was clear that the public defenders were being paid by the hour, by the hour. And many of them are, but they're also limited to how many hours they can put into a case. So you can't say I spent 25 hours preparing for a meeting with a prosecutor uh, where I simply walked in and said, can I get a deal? And he said, yes, and we cut a deal. And if somebody asked, well, why did it take you 25 hours of preparation to ask the question, can we get a deal? Um, he couldn't really justify that. And so if somebody had said to me, well, Steve, if somebody gets a plea deal, obviously they, they should get a certain amount of money And if they go all the way through trial to a jury verdict, then they get more money. So, you know, that makes sense. But you also have to understand that deals can be cut anywhere in the process. And so it's possible, in theory, it's possible that a jury could be deliberating and a prosecutor could approach a defendant and say, I'll cut you guys a deal, you know, through their attorney. Okay? It happens all the time in litigation with lawsuits, not so often in criminal trials, because usually by the time you go to trial, uh, both sides have dug in their heels or at least one side has. But the point is that uh, I mentioned before that I was court-appointed on cases. And the way it worked in the cases I handled was it depended on how how much work I did. And I had to justify the work. I had to say, I put in this much time. But the court never nitpicked me and said, okay, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? I just knew that if I went in and said, hey, I met with a client one time, got a deal, and now I want $9 million for that. it would be like, that's not how this works. You know, so... Here the problem is that the courts don't even bother complying with a rule issued by the Supreme Court. That's actually a very serious problem by itself, notwithstanding what the issue is. The Supreme Court of Mississippi created a rule and said courts in the circuits must let us know how they're handling the indigent getting attorneys appointed to them. Tell us what your plan is and how it works. And out of 23 circuits, one has responded after six years. That is not a six-year question. This question should have taken somebody a couple days to, to write an answer to. So we know what's going on. They don't have plans. They don't do anything. And here's the problem. Who then will step up and say this is a serious issue? Because someone who's sitting in jail for a month or two with no attorney... And presumably, when they meet their attorney for the first time, there's a chance the attorney can do something to help them get out, if not permanently, at least, you know, out on bond, right? So you have, luckily, an organization here that's looking into this and is prodding them on this. But again, the Supreme Courts told these courts, you've got to do this, and they haven't done it yet. And that's a very serious problem. But again... We've heard stories. That's what the, you know, I've had people ask me about the lawyer dog, the lawyer dog and the lawyer dog. It's, it's both funny and sad at the exact same time because a guy who'd been arrested was being questioned by police. And when they read him his rights, he goes, I want a lawyer dog. And he was clearly saying, I want a lawyer, comma, dog. And he's addressing somebody as dog, which some people do. Hey dog, what's going on, man? Man, dog, dog. Which are you? (laughs) And they continued questioning the guy with no lawyer. And eventually he said something they used against him. So later on, when he got a lawyer, the lawyer said, he said, stop questioning me, I need a lawyer. They said, no, he asked for a lawyer dog. There's no such thing as a lawyer dog. Constitution guarantees you a lawyer, doesn't guarantee you a lawyer dog. And all of the courts played stupid and said, yeah, he asked for a lawyer dog. Man clearly thought there were dogs that acted as lawyers, like there's police dogs, maybe there's lawyer dogs. And that's one of those arguments that is so stupid and so pathetic that it not only makes me ashamed to be an attorney, because the people making those arguments are attorneys, it makes me ashamed to be a a human, because the guy was asking for a lawyer. There's no question he's asking for a lawyer. And they said, well, no, no, he asked for a lawyer dog, a lawyer dog. And for educated people at all these different levels of court, including the Supreme Court of that state, to say, oh, he's asking for a lawyer dog. We don't know what that is. There's no such thing as a lawyer dog. It's actually embarrassing that people wrote those arguments on paper. And it's been published to the world now. So the lawyer dog became a thing. And... There's also a lawyer dog here and a, bar- a barrister dog over here. And um, like I said, it's both funny and horrific at the same time. So what's scary right now is if you get arrested in Mississippi and you don't have the means to hire an attorney yourself, you might cool your heels in jail for a while just waiting for an attorney to be appointed to you. Now, you're entitled to one. But sadly, it doesn't say you're entitled to a speedy appointment of an attorney. You are entitled to a speedy trial. But believe it or not, when you go to court later and say, hey, look, I sat in jail rotting for six months waiting for an attorney, they're going to go, oh, but we still got you to trial, didn't we? Trial was speedy. And by the way, a speedy trial is the biggest misnomer, oxymoron of all time. (laughs) There's no such thing as a speedy trial. (laughs) I've never seen one despite the fact that everyone is guaranteed one. So, Kevin, thanks for sending it from ProPublica. Mississippi courts won't say how they provide lawyers for poor clients, despite the fact they've been ordered to by their Supreme Court. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. A day without sunshine is like, you know, night.